Hi, and welcome to Bones Cast, a Bones podcast where we are watching and discussing the TV show Bones. I'm Ella. And I'm Niara. And today we're celebrating the holiday season, uh, the end of the holiday season, really, because it is January 2nd. But uh, we are watching the Christmas episode of Bones entitled The Man in the Fallout Shelter, aka the one where the gang all gets quarantined in the lab and Bones learns about the spirit of giving. And sort of the spirit of Christmas, but I don't feel like she ever really gets the spirit of Christmas. Mostly the spirit of giving, um, which maybe those are one and the same. We'll get more at eleven. Tune in. Um, it's also the one where I teared up at the end, and Niara says she didn't like it that much. So we're gonna have a lot to talk about. <laughs> maybe I'm just heartless. Sorry. <laughs> I like grinned through half of this episode and then like tearily watched no. the rest of it. No. Um, Oh, man. I'm so sorry. What a cold, cold heart. It's so sweet at the end of this episode. I feel like Um, that's always me, though. Like, I feel like I'm always the one who's jaded about the episode and you love it. (laughs) Well, the thing is, I'm, like, a pretty cynical person, but it just, like, you get to that, like, three quarters points of any episode of Bones, and I just, like, melt. Like, I, it really, I, it's, I'm easily convinced, you know, even though I'm pretty cynical of going in, I'm easily convinced. Um but we will say this we are recording January 2nd and we are just in this blessed time where we have reached the end of what Niara the Star Wars saga you took too long <laughs> oh i had no idea what you were going for i was like i realized the last I realized, decade i don't know yeah oh that's true that would have been a way better segue but um we have both seen the final Star Wars film, and because let's put "final" in a heavy quotation marks. I'm not convinced. I've met Disney before, and you know, there's nothing they love more than squeezing every last bit of cash out of a cow. True. Um, well, maybe we'll say the the Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. I mean, they're saying it's the end of this, and of course they could lie. And well, and- remember when the saga ended the first time? And then again. And then this time. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. If we get another three of these in ten years, I'm honestly, I'm going to be at a perfect age to be very curmudgeon about that. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, cer- certainly this will not be the last Star Wars movie, but at least for now it is the last in the Skywalker saga, which may be for the best. Niara, did you like Rise of Skywalker? We actually haven't talked about it that much. I did. Although, let me like it more than Last Jedi. Did you like Last Jedi? We haven't discussed this. No, I didn't like Last Jedi. Okay, I don't have a legitimate reason for it. That's even that's the best way to not the last not like the Last Jedi in my opinion because I find all the legitimate reasons to be except for the fact that you just didn't enjoy it, which is not illegitimate. That is always a legitimate. I just you know. I... Did you really not like the Canto Bite casino sequence? That's, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. That ruined the whole thing. Listen, I don't love that part. I think that part has some serious issues, but I still like the movie. But I, I, I totally understand why you would think it was a weird detour. I thought it was annoying. I was like, why are we still watching this? And then what's her name, Rose? I thought she was yeah. very poorly written, and she could have been a lot more interesting. And we spent a lot that... of time with her for her to not have been interesting. The other thing that this is... um 
if if you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, skip for like two minutes. This is your last chance. Okay, I <laughs> felt that the like I'm more upset about Finn's arc than I am about Rose's even because he is like such a cool opportunity to be like I'm a, a stormtrooper who defected, and then I meet another stormtrooper who defected, and I didn't at all think that a cool end to that story would be me and this other stormtrooper defecting, getting all the stormtroopers to defect. That was my least favorite part of it. And also the fact that Carrie Russell is completely underused. Yes! Like, I did not even have enough time to realize that was Carrie Russell. Yeah. That was so upsetting because she is the best. The only way you redeem that is that she gets a spinoff show for Disney+. Plus. Does she really? cool. No, I'm saying that that's how you you fix underusing her in Rise of Skywalker. Oh my god, Ella. We the made Disney a huge Plus. mistake. Why? This should be an Americans podcast. Oh my god, this is so <laughs> true. Which, by the way, that was how I knew it was Carrie Russell immediately, is because like her voice in the Americans, for some reason, is imprinted into my brain in this very specific way. Wait, I haven't even finished the Americans. What season are you on? I don't know, like six? How many seasons are there? I don't even know. There are six. The finale is a really, really excellent, I will say. God, the I finales love are so rarely excellent, as we've discussed. I would expect nothing less from the Americans. It's a perfect show. There's nothing wrong with it. That's a this hill is... I will die on. Yeah, it's true. There really is very. Uh, I don't know that there's nothing wrong with the Americans, but okay. It is. This is this was a, a rehash of our Princess Diary situation where I tried to say things that were wrong about princess diaries and you uh shunned me for it well yeah but <laughs> but um <laughs> i the america maybe we'll do like an americans episode or something who knows oh my gosh yes a very special episode oh my god also, we'll do it when i watch the finale oh my gosh that would be amazing that would be amazing if anybody is interested in that please email in anyway i hope everybody had a good holidays niara how was your holiday season? well as per usual, I went to New York City. I saw two wow, Broadway plays. Woo! Woo! Yeah. I saw Mean Girls on Broadway. Mm. As did you. I did. Not, not this holiday season, but yes. And can I just say that the girl who played Regina George is 19 years old? Yeah. She that just graduated from great. high school. I feel, you know, it I, was I not the hit that my self-esteem needed. And you know what? I've been feeling pretty bummed today. And it might be residual feelings from learning that. Oh, wow. The really interesting thing, though, Ella, huh. did you do you know about slave play? No, I saw it on your Instagram and I want to see it based on your review. Did you look it up? Uh, I did a cursory Google. Ella, so this play. I remember after Harry Potter ended, and Daniel Radcliffe was in Equus. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, they have sex on stage. Like, wow, he's really trying to be like, oh, I'm not a child actor anymore. Wait, what? Sorry. I yeah. didn't know that that was part of that play. Yeah, he, like, has sex with a horse or something. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's really gross. But anyways, 
I saw a real live human man's penis in this play. Yeah. That's crazy. I had a similar experience with in when I was in England, I saw a production of Antony and Cleopatra, which is like a, a Shakespeare play. And it was similarly, like there was a lot of nudity in it. Yeah. And I was just like I was I was just mostly I guess impressed, but I was just like, I could not do that. Like, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not an actor. You are good at being on stage. I'm really bad at being on stage just for just as myself, like I, in a ski outfit, I would be uncomfortable being on stage. And I think being completely naked would amplify that in a way that (laughs) would really be, um, panic inducing. Um, but anyway, welcome to Bonescast, uh, a podcast where we discuss Broadway plays. <laughs> welcome um, to Bonescast, where we discuss public nudity, um, things about high school that still haunt us. I'm, and I don't remember discussing that. Oh, just me? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, there was we're that so- one time where we noted a high school teacher who looked like Machiavelli. That was fun. <laughs> I forgot about that. Wow, I think he about so that does. Lot. He yeah. so does. Anyways, we occasionally talk about the television show Bones, and that's yes. what we're supposed to be doing right now instead of plays where men have sex with horses. Yes, which I've learned so much in the first five minutes of this podcast. Um, well, and hopefully yeah. you have too. Uh, hopefully not. I will say I have some brief Bones news that I just noticed and saw. I didn't write down any of the details, so this is all from memory, and I apologize for that. But the guy who – we mentioned him when we did the finale episode. His name is Jonathan Collier. I believe he was a writer for a while and then took over as executive producer or, like, showrunner um, when Hart Hansen left. I don't know if he left fully, but he left in, in some capacity. And he, Jonathan Collier, is doing another forensic show at CBS, I believe. So, if you're into Bones, you may be into this forthcoming CBS show about forensic science. But you also may not be into it. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> As um, with all things, you may we'll or may not like that it. Story. Yes. <laughs> so, let's get into this episode. Um, it is like many episodes in this season have been direct or written by a Hart Hansen himself and directed by Greg Yaitanis, who seems to have directed like the entire first season. Good for him. He's doing a great job. Um, and like many, a, a lot of shows have bottle holiday episodes, you know, cause it's sort of easy to, um, it, holidays are naturally a time when everybody gets stuck into a place, you know, like in a, in maybe. a, sorry, what, maybe what? I think I just realized why I don't like this episode. Oh, I can't wait. I don't want a bottle episode in a forensic procedural. Interesting. Well, cause, so cause it, it had such low stakes. Yeah. Well, the, the what I think, uh, this is funny because this is something I was going to praise the episode for, which is. Like, if you're friends or if you're, you know, a family show, your your bottling comes from the fact that in on a holiday, you're always in a living room or something, like, in one house together. It makes story sense. But because the people in Bones are not a family or, like, would never sh- spend Christmas together, they have to 
then contrive the bottleness of it in the same way that bottleness usually is contrived. Yeah. And that kind of is annoying. The but but like most bottle episodes, once you get through the contrivance of it, I I didn't it didn't bother me at all. And also, this I I think that bones one of the reasons I like Bone so much and why I'm invested in it further than like, I mean, like I, I, when I was watching SVU, it was like, um, Olivia Benson, Elliot Stabler. I was like into their, their like family lives or whatever. Like I was into their characters, but not so much as I am in Bones. And I feel like part of the reason for that is that it's very character interested. Like they spend more time in most episodes dealing with the, with the characters than they usually do in a, procedural and in this one it is like super exacerbated like they they barely have a case in this episode um and so I was gonna say that was something I liked about it but clearly you didn't like that part is it because the case was boring probably you know like but then the the payoff for the case was so good and also that it I feel like they sometimes integrate the character stuff with like a lot of times it'll be like oh it's a case about a baby and also bones is having a baby thing happen or like whatever like there's like a parallel or something and for this one it really like at the end the the character stuff that was going on in the case like come together so well that i feel like it it paid off yeah yeah i guess it just i don't know i mean i think a lot of Bones episodes have great rewatch value because they're exciting and there's all these pieces of the case to uncover. Mm-hmm. But this episode, since the case was so cut and dry, the things that I learn about, like the things that are learned about the characters in this episode, I already knew because I'd right. already seen the entire show. So from that standpoint, I didn't really enjoy it. And I also, I don't know. I just, maybe it's because I'm just a Grinch <laughs> and I don't care for the holiday schmaltz, you know, um, yeah. montage, but. Uh. Yeah. I, I felt like the one where everyone's family came was a little bit long. Gosh. Yeah. But it, it was. was also they were really cute. padding for time. Yeah. Like it's sweet, but like, the fact that Zach comes from this big Lutheran family never comes up again. No. You know? No, that is another, that is something they left in season one. Even when it would make sense for his family to appear. Like, for instance, when he's, like, being convicted of... Serial uh, killing? Yeah, like, accomplice, being an accomplice to a bunch of murders. They don't <laughs> show up. <laughs> yeah. Um... But anyway, so yeah, they the other thing is is that Brennan is like Pete Grinch here, and sometimes that gets on my nerves. Even though her, it, it makes sense why. It sometimes I'm just like, come on, but like, can you just? Yeah, yeah, it gets a little monotonous, ha- hammy. Yeah, but we start out with this um, Christmas party that I have so many questions about, like. Is the Christmas party for the FBI and the Jeffersonian, or is Booth just going to go as a friend of the Jeffersonian? I think Booth is just That's going question as number a one. correspondence. Also, when Booth gets back, he says that it was like a more like a Star Wars convention. I don't have any idea what that means. Like, yeah, it's I not a he, Halloween party. 
No, I think he's just trying to be annoying and be like, oh, we're he's a basically bunch like of they nerds. were all nerds. Okay. Yeah. But also, like, not at risk of sounding like a massive nerd, can we please move past the concept of Star Wars being nerdy? It's so accepted in the popular culture that it's just not, you know, come up well, with a more also, obscure reference. This also came out in 2005. I guess that's true. So, like, no, like now, I don't even. I don't think that joke would be written because Star Wars fans are also like Booth. Like Booth would definitely go see like uh, Force Awakens because everybody goes to see Force. Well, Awakens. this was also so this was, in the thick of prequels. Which, well, it's the end. So Revenge of the Sith came out in two thousand four or five. So that means that the Star Wars fans were like sticking it out or like you you certainly weren't like a casual star wars fan because the yeah. the big movies were not that great and then pr- like the originals are like in that um nerdy like oh we're into the old star wars movie situation yeah. um so i definitely think that 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 like criticism has an age i don't know what it would be today maybe like star trek i don't know maybe like um fuck what's it called what explain it to me no read my mind um (laughs) japanese cartoons anime yes i kept wanting to say manga and i was like that's books um like you know how all those guys at high school would like talk about one piece yeah be like none of us have seen that yeah maybe that would be it and that also seems like something that booth would be a like vaguely like upset about for no reason um but anyway so also one other thing like angela's basically like angela's in this like christmas costume yeah and she's like trying to get everybody to go to this christmas party zach and hodgins are like hanging around i don't know if they're like like brennan's like go do this work i'm like are there rules about when they're supposed to be at work like can she just ask them to do work at any time or could they be like oh maybe it's like december 23rd and i'm gonna go home um, also, Angela is super presumptuous because she assumes everybody in the room wants to kiss her under the mi- mistletoe. Classic. Which I was like, she was like, you and you. And I was like, I don't, I think probably the only person who would want to kiss you under the mistletoe is Hodgins at this moment. Um, and probably not even them because we learn later that he has some very vague girlfriend. Yeah. Who comes to visit him. Horrible blue fur <laughs> So crazy. Um, she, he's like a normal, like, norm guy and he she's like a i don't even know like i don't understand i don't know where she comes from or how they met like she looks like what 2000s tv thinks sex workers look like yeah but she's not supposed to be a sex worker so no i know that's what i'm trying to say though like she just yeah like they're trying to make us think something about her that's just bizarre yeah they're telegraphing very weird things um but anyway booth brings in this body and they figure out in the fir- bones figures out in the first five seconds it's a homicide, um, <laughs> and one of the problems with that I think you're pointing out with this is that the homicide is like so old that they a don't get to question any suspects, which is convenient because they also can't leave the lab, but also b it's like it's kind of like who for so much of the episode it's like who cares who killed this guy you know and I guess that's the point because bones is like oh this gotta solve this murder and. There seems to be no issue, like, no reason to actually solve a murder. But um, also, Zach and Hodgins, we haven't seen a lot of their buddy dynamic yet, but, like, 
they're really buddying it up this episode. Dak also, or Hodgins also mentions, if you're keeping a tally anywhere, of how many Fox shows they mention on this. Uh, he mentions Firefly, which was a short-lived Fox show. Joss oh, Whedon Fox speaking show. Speaking of cult classics. Yeah, that honestly, that would be a, a good convention to... It was like a Firefly convention. Would yeah. Would be pretty nerdy. And then once they start cutting open the bones, which again seems like a super weird thing to be doing like after hours on December 23rd, um, but I'll let it slide. Hodgins like doesn't cover his mouth and then they figure out it's a toxic material and the doors all lock and they're all mm-hmm. stuck in there. Pause. And also all have to get... Okay. <laughs> um... This is something that I've never truly understood about Bones because it's a couple times that there are a couple times that they go into lockdown. <laughs> yes. No, this happens often. They, they the like flashing lights and the door shutting happens like at least four times. How did they know seasons. he didn't have the mask on? Was there a camera? He admitted it. He admitted it. I know, but he admitted it after the like what triggered the lockdown? Did he say, "Oh no"? No, no, no. They figured out it was a toxic thing. Okay, so there's like that tracking shot where he's cutting open the bones, and then it yeah. goes to Hodge and sneaking the egg eggnog, and then it goes like in through the vent, and then like into some area where there's like a detector. So the oh. detector detects the dust, and then because Hodgins was in the room with the dust, and then was in the room with everybody else, he could have exhaled it. Now this part. I don't know. This is the logic of the show. The, he ex- could have exhaled it and then everyone else could have inhaled it. So basically, if Hodgins had had his proper mask on or whatever, everything would have been fine. Except for Hodgins and Zach. Okay. So my confusion was that it seemed to me that the alarm had been triggered by the fact that he wasn't following protocol. Not the fact that he said, oh, shit, oh. I didn't follow protocol. We have to lock everybody down. Yeah. Okay. That would have been abs- that would have broken the whole episode for me. Yeah, <laughs> so I was so confused. That's not because why then, I hated it. Because then they say, "Oh, there was a toxic thing in the bones." And then Dr. Goodman's first question is, "Were you following like autopsy protocol or whatever?" And that and Hodgins says he wasn't. He was drinking eggnog. Nyara, what are your thoughts on eggnog? I've never had it, but it seems like an odd concept that has uh, outstayed its welcome, temporally yeah. speaking. I think that um, somebody at a big corporation with a lot of clout and money and advertising power needs to do a big campaign to replace eggnog as the... Because I feel like the only reason it's still around is because it is like a traditional like Christmas um, drink. So they're okay, like, oh, we like gotta have anything eggnog. else. That's what I'm saying is like, <laughs> come up with something and then using your powers of capitalism for good, erase eggnog from the story. <laughs> I'm pretty because sure you can't use it. capitalism for good, but. This, I'm suggesting a way. Well, capitalism, I guess, I suppose. If you're listening. I, well, um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, eggnog seems really gross. It reminds me of drinking like cake batter. It reminds me of drinking mayonnaise. Oh, is that what it's like? I refuse to try it. I don't know, but it just seems like vaguely eggy in that mayonnaise way. (laughs) Ew. Yeah. Um, And then, basically, one of the other things I found that really pinged my, like, bones question, similar to your question about the 
the lockdown situation. I was like, this is a thing that is really not consistent, I feel like, in the show, which is Bones um, and what she finds to be interesting evidence and what she finds to be not interesting. And mostly they sequitur it to Bones. Like, she only cares about the Bones. Yeah. And then she, like, won't even look at the stuff in the suitcase or whatever, which I think is really weird because often that stuff has particulars on it. That Hodgins can find out about. Well, but she also, does eventually tell him to look at it. She just didn't want to look at it until she had done her initial inspection. Yeah, but then later in the episode when they're, like, breaking down how the murder happened, which, by the way, the entire murder is solved in, like, one scene. Yeah. Where they're sitting on that balcony in a really weird way. It's like, why would you guys all meet here and sit here this way? And then they, <coughs> and then they, like suss out the murder and bones just goes along with all of their jumps in logic like they're like oh this guy tried to sell this guy some coin like i feel like in any other episode where we weren't entering the final part of the episode she would be like you're jumping to conclusions that's very she's really, true she's really selective about when she's upset about jumping to conclusions but um anyway so she doesn't look at any of the stuff of the suitcase at first she just looks at the bone dust and um Dr. Goodman is there inexplicably. I There's like a weird situation where all of a sudden all the people who need to be in the lab are there for no reason at all. Classic. Like, like Booth is there. Dr. Goodman is there. Everybody's there. Um, I thought it was kind of funny when Zach and Hodgins fight to get in the shower. Like, oh, yeah. Did they think that like they were both going to die if, neither, if one of them got in the shower first? Um, and... What else happens? You gotta talk for a second. I'm tired. <laughs> Sorry, I was breathing through my mouth. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, I guess so. Basically, after the after the dust incident happens, and Hodgins, nothing happens for the rest of the episode. Well, Hodgins. Well, they all talk for the rest of the episode, which Ugh. I'm always kind of into. But um, my Hodgins uh. And Zach come out, which, by the way, I noted that Hodgins is ripped. He's got, like, a very I was, I did appreciate the Hodgins towel moment. Yeah. After they all figure out they've been infected, they all have to get a shot in their butt, which sucks. I did some research on Valley Fever, by the way, and it doesn't seem, it is a real thing. And it sometimes does, uh, like, present itself as cold symptoms and stuff like that but you don't have to get a shot in your butt and also if you actually end up getting it you just take like an antifungal medication you don't have to get a shot at the base of your brain like they say okay in this well, episode. like maybe you did back then and all the way back in the dark ages of 2005 maybe. 15 years ago that's true that's like that's an eon medically that's how long ago it was but it says it's very treatable and that sometimes it just goes away on its own. So, I don't know. We'll wow. see. Um, I do kind of feel like no one is as angry with Hodgins as they should be. Yeah, like, this what the is hell? All they're all like, fault. oh man, I love Christmas. Yeah. Not, oh and they're man, like, oh, why shucks. did you endanger my life, you idiot? Yeah. Also, how them- much eggnog did he have? <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, but anyway, so then they, they're they like, I guess we'll solve this murder since we're here and that's like all we can do. 
So they like keep looking at the bones and she also finds a wedding ring and it's like a wedding band and she determines immediately that it's a woman's. And I was oh. like, how? How did you know that? Also, wait. What? Here is the biggest dumb thing that happened this episode. When Dr. Goodman was like, this is a woman's handwriting, and his reason for knowing that it was a woman's handwriting was because he had studied cuneiform. Oh, yeah. Which, if you don't know, cuneiform is like the first version of written language and is basically hieroglyphics. So that doesn't make any sense. I rest my case. Yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense. And also... Um, later they figure out that she was African-American because she had, like, basically they determined from her handwriting that she had, like, a second grade education. Oh, like, yeah. They were, they were from, like, rural Oklahoma. Yeah, I guess why would they may, assume that it, he... My question is, is it is it plausible that every white kid in Oklahoma at the time got all the way to eighth grade? Not at like, all. If I were I mean, bones, if the year was, what was the year, 1958... Yeah, 1958, 1958 in Oklahoma. rural Oklahoma. Okay, so they're maybe in their, what, mid-20s? No way. Do you think that in Dust Bowl, World War II, Oklahoma, people were getting past 8th grade? No. I don't think so. Or I don't think that it... Or I getting to 8th grade. It, I certainly don't think that it completely decides her race. I don't think so either. Also, there's and other races Bones in the United States between black, besides black <laughs> and white. Let's be real. Yeah. Anyway, Dr. Goodman, this is why you're administrator now, I guess. This um, is why Dr. Goodman's only in season one. Yeah. I oh, I kind of miss him. But I do like Cam way better. Um, I have noted here that my fun, crazy credit for the episode is co-executive producer Dana Cohen. Do you know name. Dana Cohen? Of the Cohen brothers. No. Wait. 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 Who's Dana Cohen? This was, this was a trick question because you definitely don't know who he is, but he is was one of my screenwriting professors. Oh, ew! Get out of here! <laughs> no, you have to strike that from the record. Why? Because it's too funny. <laughs> this is not a. You it, you this is not a comedy podcast <laughs> about my. But I hope it is. My absence. What? Joel and Ethan. I like that you said big name and I couldn't tell if you were kidding or not. Um, anyway, shout oh, out to my duh, screenwriting Joel and professor. Ethan. Also, why did I then think it was going to be Dana Carvey? That would be so crazy. Also, why did I say absence? Like, I couldn't remember if it was abscess or absence. <laughs> Maybe I, I have a know. fever. I don't understand what's happening to me. You guys, should we even release this episode? <laughs> Okay, we have to get back on track. The Christmas spirit is waiting <laughs> the for Christmas us to address has it. has left the building. <laughs> yeah, has <laughs> left the chat, as the teens say. Oh, um, screen Anyway, then everybody gets, like, cute little, uh... Oh, also, Booth is so cute in this part because he gets, like... Basically, they're like, oh, the shot has side effects of euphoria in some people. And so Booth is just, like, high until the next episode, next morning. Oh, yeah. And he's just so smiley. He's got such a great smile. He's very cute. Um, But they get in these, like, little sleeping bag pairs. 
and Zach and Hodgins are like, oh, what's the meaning of Christmas? We found out that Hodgins was going to go to Quebec and get massaged. I don't yeah. really know about those plans. Zach was going to go to his huge family. Um, also, Zach is sleeping in his sleeping bag in a way that I find to be ridiculous. Like, it's supposed to be ridiculous, but I'm like, why would you make Zach do that? Do you remember it? It's like pulled up all the way to... You know, you know what I'm talking about? And like the drawstring is fully pulled. Oh, yeah. That's like my parents bought me a sleeping bag for our camping trip, our third four camp, third form camping trip. And it's like one of the mummy ones that has a hood and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you sleep that way? Well, the hood well, is for a pillow, I think. No, it's not. It's to keep your oh. body warm. But you know what it is indicative of? What? Being so weird and strange that you could be convinced by a cannibal <laughs> to join his ranks. Oh, Zach, serial killer watch. So uh. sad. Um, Booth and Dr. Goodman have a cute little talk where Booth reveals he has a child. And this is Parker's first episode. I don't think... I, I didn't check. I couldn't figure out if this is ab- absolutely true, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time we figure out he has a child. I think I think we do, yeah, because Bones was like, I didn't know you had a kid. Yeah, no one knows he has a kid. Um, I wonder if the writers of this show knew he had a kid or if that was something they decided this episode. Um, but anyway, he's like, oh, I only he, only... he gets to see his kid for half of Christmas, which is, you know, cute, but not this year. And also he... Uh, hasn't found a gift for him yet. Um, but and and Brennan and Angela, Angela's like, oh, we have to make this, we have to make this a good Christmas. And Bones is like, is that because we're the girls? And she's like, yes. <laughs> Which I kind of liked the honesty of that. Also, if you think about it, it doesn't even have to be women. But like, if you look at the group of people there, Hodgins wasn't going to do it. No, Zach definitely wasn't going to do it. I don't know. Booth might. Like, honestly, if I were Angela, I would recruit Booth. No, if anyone, Dr. Goodman, because Dr. Goodman yeah, was like... Yeah, he's like a family guy. It's about family, and we're he's not family, we're just colleagues. He's a deacon at his church. Yeah. Yeah. Important. Um, but yeah, anyway, also then Brendan's like, I don't have to imagine what it's like for, uh, for to wake up and, you know, you don't have your family there, whatever, which is sad. And then she's like, I'm going to solve this meaningless murder. Um, and Booth comes up behind Brennan, like, staring at her bones and does, like, a cute little elf dance. Um, and then we get to, like, this Booth trying to convince Brennan of the Christmas spirit via God. Oh, like, yeah. Like, he kind of tries to logic her with this medicine thing where he's like, oh, you're willing to be, like, prophylactic about your medicine use, which I think is... A bad analog. Like, even though I understand why Booth believes what he believes, like, taking a medication to not get a sickness and, like, being... Also, are we to believe that Booth is only religious in case there's a god? Yeah. It's, like, such a cynical way to be a Christian. (laughs) You know? He also, you know, the entire series, he keeps trying to convince Brennan... That there's a god and that she should believe in religion and its purpose. And the thing is, it's like he doesn't even know her. Like, she is all about science, head to toe. I don't understand why he can't just accept that. Yeah, well, in in this part of the series, I think he doesn't totally 
like I think I th- I feel like later he adopt like in in the later season like three and four and on he he adopts more of a like I I respect the way you live and and I would like you to respect the way I live or whatever you know a little bit less evangelistic um yeah I guess that's true but at this point I guess he's still trying I guess it, also at this point I guess he's supposed to still be like high on his shot so I guess we'll cut him some slack for that oh you love um, to cut them slack but <laughs> I know it's my it's my main maybe I need to that's our balance maybe we'll meet in the middle just like Bones and Brennan Aww. um Bones is Brennan no Bones and Brennan oh Bones <laughs> and Brennan there's so many bees so oh many my bees. gosh cancel the episode I'm so upset <laughs> I, Niara, what's upsetting is that I do that at least three times every episode. <laughs> um, oh so we would have already been canceled. Uh, but anyway, in the morning, they have a cute little breakfast and they figure out they're going to have to stay there basically for Christmas with some arranged uh, seeings. What do you call them? Visits? <laughs> you guys. <laughs> this entire episode is a blooper. <laughs> I'm so upset. <laughs> um, also, they arrange a secret Santa, which Bones never becomes a part of. I feel like I had kind of forgotten about a lot of the parts of this episode. I, I did sort of remember what happens at the end with the coin, but I had forgot. I kind of thought that Bones was going to surprise become a part of this secret Santa, and she just never does. Like, when they do all their secret Santa, she's just, like, out of the room, I guess. Like, it's, it's honestly That's kind so of depressing. True. It's kind of weird. It's, like, weird, but also, like, so sad for Bones. And, God, I really feel for Bones in this episode because her story about her her parents leaving oh, her and then her brother, like, it's not just that her parents left, it's that her brother, like, tried to, you know, be the adult and, like, give her a great Christmas and then it, like, devastated she her. She ruined her it. Were back. <laughs> she ruined it, but she was, like, a kid. She was, like, what? She was, like, 12, I think. I thought she was 15, but same difference. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it sucks. It, but because then it prompts, her reaction prompts her brother to leave and for her to go. So, like, yeah. she just has, like, abandonment issues on all sides. Um, but anyway, Angela uh, organizes the Secret Santa, which is, I think, a pretty cute idea. I, honestly, I'm on Angela's side with all this Christmas spirit. Um, and they also make some, like, really cute, uh, like, f- like sciency Christmas decorations with, like, I don't remember what it was, but it was like phosphorescent bacteria or whatever Hodgins comes up with. Um, oh, and Angela makes the the Christmas tree and the Angela Tron. And... I honestly got so. I like that was the first time I think I teared up was when all of them saw the Christmas tree for the first time, and oh like the boys are just jazzed. They're just like Booth's grin. Is just so big, and oh my gosh. even Doctor Goodman is like, "This is so cute." I was just like, really warmed my heart. <laughs> Ella loves the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> I loved it. I, you know, I'm not really a huge Christmas person, to be honest. If I had to choose, I would probably choose New Year's. I really like the spirit of New Year's. Really? <laughs> yeah, but this episode really just like convinced me. I love um, the spirit of Halloween, and honestly, <gasps> kill me. We're never first doing of all, a Halloween shut up episode. about Halloween. Halloween is the best day of the year. You're going to have to find a co-host for all the Halloween episodes, and there are several. I was going to say there's not enough. There's zero too... There's five too many. If there are five, there are five too many. Okay. I'm picturing the one where Booth 
dresses up as a nerd, which is actually pretty cute. <gasps> He's so cute in that one. Yeah. I love Halloween. Oh, um, it's so long till Halloween again. I hate Halloween. Anyway, that's that's a, a lowdown of our favorite um, holidays. Um, but yeah, so... Also, Brennan, like, so Brennan, not religious. So the God part, she's not sold on. But she's not even sold on the other accoutrement. Like, she has this whole thing about how gifts are, like, a, a way of asserting dominance in a group. And, like, she, like, sort of low-key shames Booth for even caring about giving out gifts. Yeah. Um, Bones, she really is a bummer She plays episode. it on thick. She has a lot. Okay. So when we hear her tell Angela about her story on the couch when, she, when Angela, like, cries. They both cry. Um, I, even I cried. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, she's like, and then I was in foster care. And then I was, like, trying to connect the dots between foster care and uh, right now, which, like, they do a little bit more of later. But, like, I was just like, you know what I think would be a pretty bad show but I would watch every single episode of? Temperance Brennan, The Early Years. The college days. No. Oh my god, it would be painful. Because remember the be um the high school the episode? high school reunion episode? Oh my god. And everyone's like, You know what oh, we should do that so episode? Weird. We should do that episode when we have our five year reunion. Oh. Oh man. Are you gonna go to that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, probably. Also, can we talk about Booth's lame gift to Dr. Goodman? Wait, what did he give him again? Like a freaking paper origami bird. Oh, yeah, that's stupid. And Dr. Goodman gives him way too much credit. He's like, that's great. It's like, what the fuck are you going to do with that? Like, you have a family. Like, you don't even if, jump even like that. Even if a kid gave that to me, I'd be <laughs> <Yeah>. like, okay. <laughs> that's going directly in the, the recycling. Um, I don't give a crap about the structure about this episode anymore, so I'm just gonna talk about whatever I want. Um, (laughs) (laughs) here's the thing that bothers me. This episode is off the rails. Not only is it off the rails, but, like, where are the rails? Like, we're just, like, I don't think it ever had rails, to be honest. I feel like I'm living in a dream state, or, like, I've never (laughs) been high, but I feel like maybe I'm high. Like, I don't, I feel like something's wrong. I feel like I just got a shot. For my valley fever, and I was the one who got the euphoria side effects. Yes, I feel like I just had a shot in my butt. Yeah. And Um, now I'm just, you know, floating around. Okay, can we just do the segments? No, I have a couple of things to talk about. Ugh! I want to get to the really great part of this episode, which is that Bones learns the spirit of Christmas. Okay. Okay, that's not the great part of this episode. It is. So, basically, first of all, I have a question about Bones. An anthropologist. Like, this is an overarching question, but I don't <gasps> big answer. You know who we should have as a guest star? Who? Madeline. Is she an anthropologist? Yes! Holy crap. We should have. And we, in we high co- school. We should have done I this when like she was here. In high school, she say, always said that she was like Bones. I remember that. Because I remember being like, I love the show Bones. I remember being That's like, awesome. what is the show Bones? And then also, oh my god, she is Bones. Oh my god, I'm just realizing how much Madeline is like Bones. Okay, I can't even, wait even to have visually, they look so similar. Yeah, they have very similar bone structures, funnily enough. 
Wow, that's spooky. Um, I'm all right, spooked. well, everybody get excited for our friend Madeline to be on the podcast. Oh my god, um, definitely put anyways, all of that out. No one cares about no, our No, no, I'm keeping that in. Um, <laughs> I'm keeping all of it in. This is going to be the craziest episode, the worst worst episode we've ever done. <laughs> um, so anthropology... Here's what I'm. Do you not always sit? No, I usually you stand. pod standing up. Yeah, that's wild. I know. Okay, so anth- anthropology is the scientific study of humans, human behavior, and societies. It's okay, Wikipedia. Basically, what I said. Okay, I'm, Wikipedia. I am staring at the article for anthropology on Wikipedia as we speak. I know, and it. I'm being yelled at to give two dollars. So. When you are an anthropologist in my in, in in bones sometimes references things like this where she like goes to other societies and yet she looks at the bones because she is bones, but she also looks at like old things from societies. Like why does she not care about her current society? Like she has this disconnect where she can't figure out what the Grinch is and like it's like those these are the things you would study if you were studying an old society. Like why can't you study your society? Do you That's know what I mean? a great point. Am I having like a galaxy brain moment or am I completely Wait, uh, going pause. down? Pause. Okay. Galaxy brain. <laughs> what about it? My friend who babysits and teaches told me that all the middle schoolers she knows say galaxy brain. Yeah, I, I'm a middle schooler. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Like, you don't know what it means? No, just I, I had never heard someone say it organically. Oh. You're so correct about Bones not knowing anything about her own society, and it, like, almost ruins the entire show. Like, so well, much of her personality is about understanding things about... It. Well, so it's always sometimes about... Sometimes they get really... Sometimes they make her really interested in the society. Like, I think Bones, once it really gets into its stride, Bones really starts loving the like sort of scientific research part like the the gathering of evidence part of going into the field with booth like when they go to like once the show becomes like the subculture of the week show like when they go to like i remember there's one about like rap music she's like super into rap music oh the all one of a oh my god you know which one we should do the what? one about um the like Jersey Shore parody episode, yes, where she like thinks Jersey a, Shore is a documentary. What a moment in time! What a moment in time! Oh my god, what an iconic episode! She's so funny in that. But like, she likes that, and she gets like into it. Like when they remember when they go to Vegas and they like. That's true, and she loves to like play the characters, like she Buck loves and Wanda. playing the character. She's like a secret actress. She just like she just needs to sort of break out of her shell, and like Bones is an I icon. She's just so great. So I feel like maybe she, like, learns to like that part of it better and she'll, like, start using that kind of stuff. But at this moment in time, she's just like, I don't want to see anything in the bag. I don't want to know anything about this guy except for what kind of freaking mandible he had. (laughs) I think there's only one type of mandible. (laughs) Um, I want to talk deeply and thoroughly about the fact that... So basically, they all have dinner together in the bone room, which is amazing. It seems not super sanitary, but like yeah, that was so it's weird. Cute. It's just cute news, and then they're like, "Oh, we're all gonna see our families tomorrow." Um, and Angela. Well, first of all, Bones says, "I can see why you would be sensitive about this case because you have a child out of wedlock." Booth. 
Oof. That's oh, just an oof. Yeah. Um, and it's right after learning that too. Yeah, it's like she doesn't even does she even talk to Booth about having a kid before she? Oh, no. she, I guess she does. Like up on the, she does on the balcony at that ridiculous. Like this is also such a like. Oh, this is a TV show made when literally no one would ever watch this on a streaming service because they do that thing where they have a fake cliff, cliffhanger at the act break and then come back and nobody is even addressing it. Um, where she sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Angela's like, you guys might recognize my dad. I don't want to talk about it. And it never gets followed up with, except for the fact that her dad comes. And her dad is the guitarist for ZZ Top. I don't oh know my god, time. yes! That's introduced this episode. Classic. Yeah. And and I didn't research this a ton. I have no clue why he's Angela's dad in this episode. But he comes. He's the guitarist for ZZ Top. And I just want to read... Uh, the first paragraph on the Bones wiki for this guy, because I think it's great. And if you hadn't seen this show, you would be like, what the fuck is going on with the show? Okay, here it is. Gibbon's character is extremely protective of his daughter, almost to the point of sociopathy. Several times he has threatened Angela's now <laughs> husband, Jack Hodgins, that if he hurts Angela, he will pay. Which isn't that sociopathic, but anyway, this next part's pretty crazy. Well, he kidnaps him multiple times. I and know, but just saying, him. like saying if you hurt her, you'll pay is like a classic TV dad thing to do. Yeah, you know? but it's, it's sociopathic because it's true. Well, listen to this. After Angela and Hodgins break, break up, Gibbons blames Hodgins and begins quote unquote haunting him by following him around and generally unnerving him. <laughs> classic. Angela tried to talk to him when they had lunch at the Royal Diner, and despite promising Angela that he would leave Hodgins alone, he drugged Hodgins, tattooed Angela's face onto his arm, and left him unconscious in the middle of the desert. God, what a wacky... <coughs> I mean, just... So anyway, that's Angela's dad situation. Um, what else did I want to talk about? I mean, so much happens in this episode. It's just, like, the Christmas spirit is abound. Okay, I just want to, since we're just, like, busting through the episode, basically, Careful Lionel is this cute guy with a cute suitcase, and he <laughs> collected coins. I mean, how more precious could you be? Oh so then God. he, like, tried to sell his coins so that he could run away to Paris and marry his girlfriend, who was African-American. And I did actually do some research on this, um, uh, interracial marriage was pretty illegal in the 50s in Oklahoma. Well, it was illegal everywhere until like 67 or 64. I, I don't have it up with me, but it said basically it started being legalized state by state starting in 1950. And then like in the South, it was a really long time. Okay. Cause the Loving so versus know. Virginia case is the one, is this like one that went to the Supreme Court, but. And I saw the actual document when I was in D.C. over the summer. 1967, I was right. Wow. Um, so maybe the thing I was reading was more, but like maybe, but maybe it meant like it was legalized in California or something. Yeah, Like, because you know how states can do that? They can just. Um, yeah. Anyway. You know what? States' rights are bullshit. Get rid of them. Because that's how they kept slavery for so long. This can't become a political podcast because I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, just cut it out. 
Okay, I'm going to. Okay, anyway, the point is is that this is the one thing they're correct about, which is that it would have been illegal for them to marry. So basically, he gets a bunch of money from the coins, and he's going to go to Paris, or he tries to sell these coins, but then he gets murdered for them instead, and the wife never knows what's going on, and she thinks he's just abandoned him. Which is so, so then, sad. And she's also pregnant. It is so sad, except for at the end, like she, Yara. Well, 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 don't ruin it, but at, she's just sitting, it's 19-whatever, 1950-something, and 1958, nine years before their marriage would be legalized, and she's just this black woman living in Oklahoma, which already is a sad sentence, and she's pregnant and she doesn't know what to do because her boyfriend went away and then he never comes back and then she probably has to deal with like some social ostracism because she says she gave birth to a mixed race child yeah her child is biracial she's unmarried that sucks wow yeah that's it really does and the guy this is one of those rare bones episodes where the guy who did it like is irrelevant and they don't get to arrest him and they don't get to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no justice there. But anyway, it's, it turns out decent because Bones, first of all, okay, I have some issues with the way Bones. So basically, Angela confronts her and is like, wouldn't you want to know about what happened to your parents, basically? And, <clears throat> which by the way, one of my main issues with the whole first season of Bones is that everybody in Bones' life does all of this, like, out loud psychoanalysis of her in a way that I feel like is sort of traumatizing. Honestly, that's a really you know good I mean? point. That If that happened to me, I'd be very upset. I would be so upset well, about it's it. Because like, I would not be friends with them. I'll tell you why, and this is why I hate this episode, it's because they couldn't figure out any other way to accomplish the exposition. No, but I think that, I think that Bones and Angela could have had that pr- conversation privately. They could have. I mean, that doesn't fix it, but like to con- like to sort of yell at her from across the room about her psychological issues is just like, <laughs> kind of intense. And I will give it to Booth that he rarely does this. Like he's very he's that's true to her most of the time, and he does not bring up her trauma as a means of like um, trying to make her grow as a person. Angela is just so intent on making her different than she is in a way, and and. Like, she, it works a lot, but, like, it just is kind of a bummer to me. Well, she brings up Booth's personal life, too. She's just all over the place. She's, like, one of those people who is just, like, a little bit too in your business. Maybe being a celebrity's child, you know, didn't socialize her properly. But a celebrity, like, the entire time I watched Bones as a kid, I did not know who that guy was. Yeah, but, like, if you were... Like, I had he looked that way. Someone who had grown up listening to ZZ Top, you would have known. Yeah, Or, that's like, true. in that, you know. Yeah, and also, you know, he was probably... She still has the, the byproduct of him being, you know... A lot of people wanted attention from him, probably. Yeah. But, okay, so anyway, Bones is like, you're right. I would have wanted someone to tell me about my parents. So she spends all night researching. It's ridiculous that she would have been able to find... She should be an investigative journalist. Because she really calls all these people she finally gets a hold of them and is like which also she could have definitely done this in like three days you know what i mean like this isn't that urgent but so then she finds them she's like gets in touch with like i guess the assisted living place and she's like i don't know if they're gonna contact me which if i 
had someone call me and the person was like, blah, Ella, uh, I have some information that Ella might be interested in. Like, I'd be scared. Oh, I'd be like, like okay, not telemarketer. I'm never talking to you yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> Is this information that I can get like 50% off my insurance for the next year? Because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> um, but anyway, so then Bones is like, oh, whatever. And they figure out none of them have the disease. Oh, wait, we missed. I'm skipping over one of my favorite parts, which is Zach gives uh, Booth for Secret Santa the little robot so that he can give it to Parker, which, like, Zach, they play him up being, like, such a robot, like, who doesn't understand humans. But he gives the most thoughtful gift. Like, he's like... All Booth actually wants is to give his son a great gift. That's true. He gives him a gift to give a son. And it's so sweet that I, like, got a lump in my throat. And then Booth is so ridiculously happy about it and leans over and, like, shakes his hand. So cute. That is very true. That maybe was my favorite moment in the episode. And then um, also... Anyway, so then they all do their presents. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. They figure out they're not sick. They all go home, except for Bones, who stays in the lab inexplicably. She never goes home. She spends all of her free time in the lab, which isn't that weird. I guess she's, like, supposed to be a workaholic. And then the grandmother and the granddaughter come, and she tells her that her husband didn't leave her, or not husband, to be husband, fiancé, didn't leave her, and that he was going to take her to Paris, and it's so sweet. I can't believe this part didn't make you tear up because I was a wreck. It is really, really sweet. It is really and sweet. And her mom and her daughter was a nurse and now her granddaughter's going to be a doctor. That's true. And they can pay for her tuition with $100,000. That's true. Which I don't know if that would air in 2019. It I think definitely it wouldn't. a little bit more to go. But it's just sweet. It's so sweet. And Bones is like, this is the meaning of Christmas. And it's really, really cute. And then... They go to where? Wong Fu. A location that never survives past season. And you know what? Let's get into our segments. Do you want to get into the segments? Yes. Yes. I mean, this episode is so off the wall that I don't even know if we should ever end it. But this, let's do this would never air in 2019. What do you think about the religion stuff? You know... I think there would be fewer, like, I think it wouldn't just be Bones. And I know it isn't just Bones necessarily, but it would definitely be a couple people probably who were like, oh, that, you know, the religion part of Christmas is obviously a sham. Yeah. And I also think they just wouldn't talk about religion so much. Like, I get that it's a big thing for Booth, but, like, if you add it up all the times that they argued about Catholicism, it'd be like 40 minutes yeah. And I don't have 40 minutes of of attention for that. Yeah. I don't well, I don't have I, that much energy about it. Over the holiday I watched the movie The Two Popes, which uh is like an hour and 45 minutes of speaking about Catholicism. Yeah, see, but, I would never watch that. But I did, but I did Ella watch oh season 2 of Fleabag today slash yesterday. And that is the best uh 6 hours of Catholicism. Or three hours. Let really, me tell you, I thought about converting. <laughs> Be- yeah. Because. So did Fleabag. You know, let me just tell you something. It never occurred to me. That a priest could be hot? To try to seduce a priest. 
And now it's on my bucket no. list. So. Yeah. But it has to be Andrew Scott. Yeah. And I have to be yeah. Fleabag. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Um, yeah, I agree. But I will say that Bones is the one who brings it up this time. Like, it's not like Booth is always... I mean, he brings it up that first time, but this is the time where Bones is like, why should I care about Christmas? It's like, the story of Christ is bullshit anyway, and it's just like... I don't know. It, like, I will be fair to Booth and say that it's not like he's always bringing up his religion. Like, she... That's true. She is like... time has a hang-up about... She's upset religion. about it, and she brings it up a lot. Yeah. I will say that, um... Because I've made a personal commitment to mention Buffy the Vampire Slayer in every episode of this show, which, by the way, we've gotten through this whole thing without mentioning Game of Thrones. Maybe it will drift off into the ether the further we get away from it. But um, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he plays a character named Angel, who, of course, got a spinoff show called Angel. And a lot, like, I would say a major theme in the show Angel is Angel dealing with his Catholicism. Or, like, not his Catholicism, but, like, there's a lot of, like, he was Catholic, and, like, there's a lot of, like, religious repenting themes going on. So maybe that's just, like, the vibe that David Boreanaz gives off. I, classic? I think he's Catholic in real life. Or, wait. I was... Fun fact. Not classic. Fun fact. I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I I feel like I'm aware of that, or else we would have discussed it a lot more. Yeah, I'm slowly indoctr- indoctrinating everyone I know to to watch it. As much as they're willing to. Well, I feel like I have to because I love David Boreanaz. Yeah. He's, I will say he's, he's a lot more fun in this show. Like. Yeah. Because he's kind of a villain, right? Well, he's like a heartthrob in the first, I mean, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but also it's been like 25 years. Well, I know he he dates Buffy. He dates her and then like, there's a, there's a hard cutoff and he becomes evil. Like, it's not like he's like a, a sort of gray area character like he's all good and then sometimes he's all evil i don't want to explain the particulars because it's very complicated but anyway when he's evil he's like super fun to watch like david borean his acting gets so much better and i feel like bones is like a mesh of them which is that he's like a really good guy like he's like very like we very much like booth but he like also has this sense of fun and play to him yeah and it it works when he when he's good angel and buffy the vampire is like he's just like broody and it's kind of lame <laughs> um but anyway yeah so the religion stuff maybe what else do we say whenever in 2019 oh the hundred thousand dollars is definitely not going to cover certainly her through med school but also probably not her undergrad yeah wah, wah. also Sorry. i think we talked about this in the very first episode the entire concept of wong foos <laughs> not gonna make what? it why <laughs> In 2019? Yeah. Am I missing something? Why? I don't know. Isn't it not even owned by an Asian guy? Yeah, but, like, my local Japanese place isn't owned by an Asian person. Yeah, well, like, that's also dumb. But anyways, I don't know. But that's their business. Well, I don't know. Is that bad? Should they not own a a Japanese restaurant? I don't know. I don't know the politics of owning ethnic food restaurants. (laughs) But I will say... Uh, honestly, some seriously uh, not okay things air on TV in 2019, especially on a like a Fox broadcast show. You know. Oh my God! Speaking of like, things I that would wa- never air in 2019, I've been rewatching Glee. Oh my gosh! The entirety of my Glee would not Niara air in tweet. 2019. 
My favorite Niara tweet is, what is it? Make HBO remake Glee already? Yes! Can you imagine how good that would be? No, I really think that you can take the pilot of Glee and make an amazing show. Just, like, somehow if we could have cryogenically frozen everybody who was in Glee and then, like, have them start over with better writing, I think all of Glee would be amazing. Yeah, but, like, if you watch it right now... It's ridiculous. I mean, it's just horrible. I haven't horrible. watched it in a while. I'd well, be happy to go revisit. go watch it. It's on Netflix, and what, you'll be so upset. I mean, like they are just constantly like it's like pick a lane, Glee. Like, are you trying to break down barriers? Or are you trying to reinforce stereotypes? Because they do and say racist and homophobic things in literally every episode, but then they try to be like, oh, it's okay. Because we're, yeah. you know, well, like, and I also think it has that problem of like, I think like the first, well, no, I won't say the first because I don't know the history at all. But like, didn't the guy who plays, is it Kirk? Kurt? Kurt. That's a guy, right? Is that a guy? Yeah. yeah. Um, the guy who plays Kurt, I'm fairly certain won an Emmy for that show. Am I wrong about that? I have no idea. At the very least, he was nominated a couple of times. And I feel like that, like, that's what uh, I always see marked as, like, a a huge deal. Because it's, like, this gay teen winning a Emmy for playing a gay character on a, you know, TV, a network okay. TV show. I will not but, discount the fact that that is big. No, I'm saying that it has this problem where, like, there are these, there are these like, objectively good things about the show that make it kind of hard to like talk about the other things do you know what i mean yeah no i get that because people like to say oh this is a good thing for this group of people or this is a bad thing and if you it's both i feel like that right like there's um there's a scene where well first of all the entire concept of having an able-bodied person playing someone in a wheelchair and all the scenes that show him imagining he can walk or dance or whatever and, like, that whole thing. The fact that Sue having a sister with Down syndrome somehow negates the fact that Becky, the character with Down syndrome who joins the Cheerios, like, is essentially working as unpaid labor for Sue. Like, you never see Becky going to class. She's always just, like... Like, at one point, Sue has her in, like, a newsboy cap handing out her newspapers with fake information to spread rumors. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, God. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Well, also, I mean, the able-bodied, like, that persisted. This isn't the exact same thing because it's not about... It's not, like, a ableist thing but like you know i feel like a lot of discussion since transparent was on the air and by the air i mean the internet waves um about a straight white man playing a trans character yeah um and he won so many emmys for that as well but yeah god i mean yeah you can do a great job acting in in a role that should never have been written. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve those Emmys. I do think 
Yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve No, no, I didn't I think you were saying that. Um, but if we're discussing, like, you know, the kind of awards visibility and, like, um, Yara, we can't, we can't talk this seriously because I'm too tired. I know. I'm... Okay, anyway, the point is, is that Glee is a pro- problematic Fox show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also, I, I keep, I, I've been watching Hulu today, and I keep getting an ad for this Fox show called Deputy. That just oh, that seems sounds like dumb. Crazy. And so foxy. Not like foxy, foxy, like sexy, but like of the network Fox. The broadcast network, not the news network. Um, I didn't notice any fashion moments. I thought Bones was, you know, she looked like Bones, but she looked she wasn't normal. Doing anything crazy. Yeah. It's hard to have crazy fashion moments in a bottle episode. It's true. I guess the craziest thing is that Angela wears her stupid elf shoes for the rest of the episode. Um, who do we think had the best Christmas spirit? I'm well, I say... thought Doctor Goodman was annoying. Oh. Why? Because he is like a fun ruiner. But and he takes part in Secret Santa and he He does, but I didn't like that he was like, no, we're just colleagues, we're not friends. Because that's like the whole thing about Bones. Is well, like, yeah, they work together, but it's so much more. Uh, my my best Christmas spirit vote goes to uh, I think it's, I think it, it's a toss up for me between Bones and Booth. No, but Booth doesn't have that, gra- it's, for me, it's Bones. At the end. Bones does have point. a great <gasps> oh, redemption scene. Oh, we haven't even scene. talked. We haven't even talked about how she didn't ever open those gifts from that Christmas that her parents left, but she kept them forever. I know, I know. And then she opens it at the end of this episode and we don't get to see what it is. Wait, do we so ever funny. see what it is? No, it cuts off her face. No, I know, but like, I think they ended the show and they never addressed that. Addressed that. You, you mean like they ended it 12 seasons later? Yeah. Yeah, well, that would be, I, yeah. No, I don't think they ever. I mean, I don't think it was supposed to be like a cliffhanger. Like, I think they were just like, we don't want to choose what this item is, would be. Yeah, but that's a blank. It is annoying. I was like, I was like peering over my my TV to try to figure out what it was. <laughs> um, okay, and then we're gonna discuss a fun little season one situation where we discuss all the things that are in this episode that the show completely drops after season one. Like we are we already mentioned Zach's family. Zach's family. Wong Fu's. Doctor Goodman. Doctor Goodman as a character. R.I.P. him. Well, he didn't die, but he died from the show. Uh, well, he's not also, compelling. <laughs> he really, you're right. He isn't. I don't hate him, but like Cam is so much better. He's just a bureaucrat, you know? Like, there's nothing yeah. interesting about him. There's no need for him on the show. No. For sure. Um, Cam is Wong so much Fu's, more interesting. Wong Fu's, I guess they tried to set up as the, like, regular hotspot hangout and then i don't know what happened maybe they just didn't like it in there or they wanted somewhere that was on the back lot but they they switched to the royal diner yeah also maybe they wanted them to be able to have like meetings at all times of the day and you don't really go to like a wong fu's type place at like 8 a.m you don't but it's also like 
they kept making weird jokes about Chinese food that I didn't like. Well, the thing about the restaurant, the conceit of the restaurant is that you go and then you don't get to order and he just brings you something and you always love it, which stresses me out as a concept. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, maybe it closed for that very reason. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, Can you think of anything else? I can't. No. Yeah. Well, I think we've like pretty much covered anything. Everything. What is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Well, we covered everything in a very terrible, terrible way. Yeah. We promise we'll be better, guys. Next time we. Things have been kind of crazy. Things, you know... It's the end of... Things have been crazy. Oh my gosh, you guys. Ella graduated from freaking college. I did. That's why she's tired. But I have to say, like, graduating is a lot easier than having to finish all of your finals and care about them. So honestly, I I feel more... I have more sympathy for you in this situation. (laughs) Okay, well... But also, I'm unemployed. So if anyone wants to hire me, oh you my can god, email us. same, please. Yeah, we're both going to be job searching. Um, so I think that's our episode for the week. Um, our episodes drop whenever we want them to. We're consistently, you know, inconsistent. Doing it whenever, yeah. Um, we're on iTunes, podcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play, and we will have a new one next week. We're going to be, or next week-ish, we'll see, uh, we're going to be traveling to London in some cozy jumpers. That's the worst English accent. <laughs> Good. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, maybe tell us what you thought about the Christmas episode, or Star Wars, or anything. Or Fleabag, um, seasons or Fleabag. one or two. Yeah, or The Crown, I watched The Crown. I don't watch The Crown, but Niara will probably reply. Um, Speaking of The Crown, I mean, Olivia Coleman plays Godmother in Fleabag and yeah. Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth in Queen Elizabeth II in The Crown. Such different characters. And she recently she won an Oscar. She did. For The Favorite. God bless I never her. saw The Favorite. She, oh, it's really good. I know. I wanted to see it because I saw her acceptance speech and I thought she seemed cool. She is. Ve- she is very cool. She's not cool in the favorite. She's not. She's cool very good in the at crown acting. either. God, I did she's not, not like really the cool season in of Fleabag. <laughs> well, she's cool in okay. Fleabag because she sucks. Yeah, she's like she's very no, good at she's acting. Not like like the Olivia worst. Coleman, cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, if you want to talk to us about any of this, you can email us at bonescastpod at gmail.com. Yep. And you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BonesCastPod. Um, I am at Ella Duran on Twitter. Or no, wait, sorry. On Instagram. E-L-L-A-D-O-R-A-N. And then at Ella Duran 98 on Twitter. And this is my weekly reminder that if at Ella Duran wants to hop off that username and let me have it, that would be great. You can find me on the internet um, at Niara Rain. N-I-A-R-A-R-A-I-N. Um, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. We forgot to do our... We have to do our sign-off. What's the did sign-off? You a, did you prepare a science word? 
I don't there's remember so anything. Little, there's so little silent science in this. There's barely any science. It's like all, oh my god, here's a crazy thing that happened in this episode, though. What? When they're examining the bones, and Hodgins is over there drinking his eggnog. And <laughs> then Zach is like, oh no, I shouldn't drink while I'm working. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't be consuming anything next to a dead body. Ew. <laughs> well, I think that's the joke. Oh. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, yeah, I get it, but like... Like, the joke is like, oh, he's standing next to a dead body and... I don't know. Science word. How about we just say our favorite part of the episode? My favorite part of the episode is... When Bones learns the meaning of Christmas and decides on her own to find the family, even though everyone else is like, oh, no, like, blah, blah, blah. Well, she doesn't decide on her own. Just kidding. Angela tells her to. But after everyone leaves, she gives the granddaughter the penny. And I think that's really sweet. Do any of us ever decide anything on our own? That's too philosophical for me right now. I have a cold, so. Okay, my favorite part of the episode is when Zach gives his robot to Booth. And Booth gives it to Parker, and Parker loves it, and Booth is so happy. That's true. Parker's great. Parker's great. All right. All right, guys. This has been a weird episode, but until next time, stay warm or cold if you're in Australia. Well, that, that's the reason that's mainly a bummer is because we missed you uh, sincerely asking me if you should become an agoraphobe, <laughs> <laughs> which was a fruitful conversation. Unless you wanted to talk about anything before we start. Um, wait. Do you have any beef? I f- what? Well, do who, where's the beef everywhere <laughs> when it comes to me? See, here's what I always forget is how the hell do we start these and how the hell do we end them? Um, I don't know. Uh, let's okay. just say hi. Welcome to Bones Cast. It's starting now. <laughs>